Thanks so much for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and help you grow deeper in your faith. Father, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for our mad party and the opportunity we have to make a difference at LifeGate and around the world. Thank you for the money that's come in from Transform, for Transform and Entheos and LifeGate Care and the Sarah Lee Memorial Project and the Scripture in Schools and Operation Amore and all that we do. Father, we thank you for the finance. We pray it's used as seeds that will get planted and grow into a mighty harvest. And the money that's given, will, Lord, will see many lives transformed by the power of Jesus. As you come to your word now, anoint me for this task to preach it. Prepare us, God, for this message. It's an important one. Give us ears, hearts open to you. May you bring transformation to our lives. Amen. 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 When I was a young boy, we had a... Um, a trampoline that looked like this. Now, today they have the mummy's boys trampolines with the sides and the cushions, but in the old days, we were tough. They built us tough. Is that right? Who had a tough people trampoline? If you're watching online, put a thing in the chat box. Do it again. Still got one? Who's still got one? We still got one? That is our one, actually, from our house. That's my grass. That's a a recent. We had one like that as well. And when I was 17, I was a bit more um, fit and nimble than what I was at the time. And I was doing somersaults forward, somersaults backwards. And then I had this idea, I reckon I can do a somersault off the trampoline and land on the grass, on my feet. I believed I can. So I jumped, and I jumped, and I launched it and kept spinning and landed on my, <laughs> landed on my face on the ground. Now, that might explain, that might, you might say that explains a few things. Yeah, and my, the brain cells, the facial, yeah, you know. But I believed I can, so I did it again. I know, crazy, and I landed it, and I've never done it ever again because uh, <laughs> once was enough. Friends, I want to talk to you this morning on what you believe about yourself influences the choices that you make. One more time, this is huge. This is huge. What you believe about yourself influences the choices you make. I decided to launch off that trampoline and land on my feet, well, try, because I believed I could, because I believed I can, I had to go. And that's the reality in life. What we believe about ourselves influences the choices that we make. If you believe you can, you will try new things. If you believe you can, you will take on problems, you will take on challenges. If you believe you have value, you will speak up and share your, share your opinion. If you think you have value, you will challenge the opinions of others because you think you've got something to offer. If you believe you're friendly, well, then you make an effort to make friends. If you believe you're generous, well, then May Mission Month comes. Here's an opportunity for me to give. If you believe you're compassionate, when you see someone who's struggling, you go, I'm going to do something here. And you go and sit beside them and, and ask and listen. What you believe about yourself influences the choices that you make. Now, on the, on the other side of that is this. If you believe that you can't, I can't, well, you won't try. We won't put our hand up to take on problems. We won't put our hand up to take on challenges. If you believe that you're not valuable, well, you're less likely to speak up. You're less likely to share your opinions. You're less likely um, to challenge the opinions of others because you think that, well, what's my opinion? It's not very valuable. I've got nothing to offer. If you think I'm not very friendly, well, then you keep yourself away from people. If you think to yourself, I don't have worth, it could, it, it could lead you to allowing people to treat you poorly because I have worth, I'm worthless. So however they treat me doesn't really matter because 
I'm not worth being treated well. Um, if you see yourself as someone who's not accepted by others, well, you will then remove yourself from others and you won't try and meet new people. You know, all these negative thoughts of your beliefs lead to all these negative, negative choices and negative actions. What you believe about yourself influences the choices that you make. You know what? I find it really interesting um, where we come up with our beliefs and our thoughts. You know, we are bombarded with ideas, with opinions, with comparisons, and we come up with our beliefs and our thinking because of generally the influences around us as well as what we've decided, how we compare ourselves with the things that are going on around us. We have the voices of people that we trust, our parents growing up, and what they say is God speaking because they're... That's all we know, and whatever they say, it's right, isn't it, as we grow up? As we grow up, then we work out, maybe it's not quite right what they were saying. And then we have friends that speak into us, and teachers, and, and, and influencers, people we respect, and they have a bigger influence on us than maybe the social media does, or what the media says we should look like, act like, speak like, be like. But then there's the social media and your friendship groups who might try and tear you down because they want to feel better about themselves. And then you got the Word of God, where God speaks His truth over our life. And I want to say, that is true, because God is creator. He is the designer. He says, this is right, this is wrong. What He says is absolute truth. And yet we're bombarded with what God says is true, what our parents say is true, what our friends and our media and our social media, and then we filter all that, and we come up with our beliefs and our thinking. A little while ago, I worked out how to service a lawnmower. I used to take it in every three years, I know it's not very good, every few years to the place and they charge me like 80, 100 bucks. And then I worked out you go to Bunnings and buy a $30 kit and you'd change your oil really easy and then you'd change the, the air filter really easy. Who knows how to change, do that for the lawnmower? Yeah, most people, it's pretty easy. Trust me, it's pretty easy. And one of the things that you change is the, is the air filter. Now the air filter's there so that the engine needs oxygen. This is what they tell me anyway. Engine needs oxygen to keep it going and starting and stuff like that. Talk to a mechanic. And the filter stops all the gunk, the dirt, all the bad stuff getting into the engine and clogging it up. The filter stops all the dirt but lets the air through so the motor can work properly. And friends, we need a filter. We've got to work out, what am I going to believe? What am I going to think? Whose voices am I going to listen to? Which ones am I going to take on? Because how we see ourselves affects how we live, the choices that we make. And if we take on wrong thinking, if we take on negative stuff, well, then it holds us back from all that God has for us. But if we open the filter up to what God says about us, well, then we believe what he says. We're valuable, we're loved, that we were his masterpiece, we're his workmanship. And we step out and fulfill his purpose for our lives. What you believe about yourself influences the choices that you make. When I first um, became a pastor, um, Year in, two years in, I had someone come alongside me who was older than me, been in ministry um, in lots of different churches and experienced, and, and someone I trusted. Uh, turned out I shouldn't have trusted him. After a, long, after a number of months, I found out there was massive issues. But he came alongside me, and, and he uh, said this to me, super encouraging, that's sarcasm, right? He said, Nathan, you'll never build a church on your preaching. Who? <clears throat> that's right. Who was it? Let's get him. <laughs> doesn't matter. We're, we're recording this, so we can't say those things. Um, and it was over 10 years ago, so it doesn't really matter. And at the time, it, it rocked me. It, 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 I, 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 uh, I allowed it through the filter. 
well, maybe I'm not that good. Um, and I sort of doubted. And, and it took me a few years to get through that. It's interesting now, we, we, we run First Steps um, as a church for those who are new to, new to LifeGate. And if you've done it, great. We're doing it again in a few weeks. And one of the things that we do at First Steps is we say, why did you come to LifeGate? And the story recently is this. We've watched your church online. They heard this person preach, and then they came. <gasps> Imagine. Imagine. So I'm not that bad after all. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's what, yeah, you're still here. Amen. Yeah, amen. What we believe about ourselves influences the choices that we make. We're going to start a new series today entitled Encountering Jesus. We're going to do this for a few months. You know, Jesus is the most influential person who ever walked the planet. Our, our date system, BC, AD, is all around Jesus. Um, his teaching and what he said has influenced the way we set up our Western society. Now, I know we're moving away from that, but when it was set up, we, we listened very clearly to what the Bible said and what Jesus said. Although we lived some 2,000 years ago, over 2 billion people say they follow him today. He's the one the Bible describes as has risen from the dead. He's the most influential person in history. So in this series around encountering Jesus, we're going to look at who Jesus was, what he said, what he did. But then, but then we're going to say, well, how do we become more like him? Because the Bible teaches us that it's God's desire that we become more like Jesus, that we are transformed. Romans 8 talks about us being transformed into the likeness of the Son. So as we look at who Jesus is, we're going to learn who he is, what he did, how he behaved, and we're going to glean from him and hopefully become more like him. And the thing I want to look at today is around what Jesus said about himself, what Jesus believed about himself, and how that influenced the choices that he made. We're going to do that by firstly looking at um, what was said about Jesus, what did others say, and then we're going to look at what did Jesus think about himself. So here's the first one. What was said about Jesus? Now, there's many, many things here, but let me give you a few. The first one, this is God the Father. So this is his Father. Jesus is God the Son. God the Father is in heaven, and Jesus has come to earth. And Jesus is at his baptism. He gets baptized, the Spirit comes down, and then the voice of God. Here we go. This is my beloved Son, like sound like Dark Vader, with whom I am well pleased. And then we have the, trans, the, the transfiguration, where Jesus is there with uh, Peter, James, and John, and Moses and Elijah turn up somehow, and the cloud comes. And then the God the Father says again, this is my beloved Son, with him I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And if you're a son and your father declares those things over you, man, that's going to be pretty impressive. That was one voice. And then we have what the Bible says about Jesus. Now, when we say the Bible, I'm writing about those who wrote it, the writers of the Bible. Now, in 2 Timothy, it says that the Bible, talking about the Old Testament, is breathed by God. It's God-breathed, meaning that people wrote as they were carried along by God. And then the New Testament, they wrote with the authority of Jesus. Jesus said, go with my authority, and they wrote with his authority. So what we have in the Bible is God's words to us, yeah? And so when people write about who Jesus is, and when the Bible speaks to us, we need to take it seriously because it's God speaking. In John 1, the writer of John writes this about Jesus. In the beginning was the word. The word is um, a way of saying you can implement, you could change word for Jesus. Jesus is the spoken. He is the message. He is he's the message of God. He, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word Jesus was God. He was in the, he was in the beginning with God. And then jump down to verse 14 of the same text. 
And the word, talking about Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, um, glory as the, as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Bible speaks clearly that Jesus is God. The Bible also says that Jesus is the one. He's the Christ. Um, in Matthew chapter 1, it says the book of the genealogy of Jesus, Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. Christ is the, is, is the Greek word. Messiah is the Hebrew word. What does it mean? It means anointed one. For us people in Australia, Jesus is the one. And this is important because in the Old Testament, it talked about a one coming, a Messiah, a Christ, a Savior who was coming. And, 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 the, and the Bible writers say, this is he. All those years that, that from Genesis 3 that was promised from God said, the, the, the descendant of the woman is going to crush Satan's head. And then we have Abraham, the one of his descendants, is going to bless the whole earth. And then Moses talks about a prophet who is going to be like him. And then David talks about a son who's going to rule on a throne forever. And Isaiah talks about a suffering servant who is God with us. It's him. It's Jesus. That's what the Bible says about him. But it's not just what God the Father says and what the Bible says. There's many other voices just like us. Just like the Bible speaks about who we are, our identity. And we have many other voices in the world that try and tell us who we are. Jesus had it too. The people at the time, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Some say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. Some say you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets who's come back alive again. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, what was said about Jesus wasn't as, was not just as, as encouraging as that. This is what also was said about Jesus in Matthew 11. Look at him. A glutton, ate too much food. A drunkard, gets drunk. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. Not only does he hang out with them, he approves of their behavior. Imagine being told that, pointing the finger at our service pastor, Con. Con, you eat too much food, you're a drunk, and you hang out with people who do dodgy stuff, and you approve of them. Man, that's bad. What does that do to you? What does that do to your security, your self-esteem? Do you block that at the filter or do you allow it in? The next thought, John 11. This is what they said about Jesus. He's demon-possessed and raving mad. How does that go with your confidence? Do you let that through the filter? All these things were said about Jesus. But just like we have a filter and we need to filter it, Jesus filtered it. So let's now look at what Jesus said about himself. Because what he says about himself is what he believes. The first thing I want to say, he said many things, is that he actually believed he was God. In uh, John 8, he's talking to the religious leaders. And he says, Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, Before Abraham was born, I am. Now that's a really important statement. I am is the title of God that God uses at the burning bush with Moses. I am. That's the way that God chooses to reveal himself. And Jesus is in that moment saying, I am God. Before Abraham was born, some 2,000 years ago, I was there, I existed, I am. And then in John 14, Jesus says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. In other words, I'm God. If you look at me, you see the characteristics of the Father. I'm not the Father, I'm the Son. The Father's separate to me, but I carry his characteristics because I'm God. Jesus believed he was God, and then he also believed he was the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. And we see this in Luke 4, which is our main scripture as a church. In Luke 4, Jesus is quoting Isaiah 61, which is a passage that the Jews knew was pointing to the Christ, the Messiah, the one. And Jesus stands up in Luke 4 and says, this scripture is now fulfilled in your hearing. 
I am he. The Spirit of the Lord's on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to reset the oppressed free, and to proclaim the the Lord's favor. Jesus says, this is now fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus believed who God said he was, what the scriptures said he was. He didn't listen to the voices of the world and what social, not had social media, but what his friends said, his social media said, or whatever the influences. He filtered that out and he went with what was true around what God, God the Father said and what the scriptures said about him. Just imagine what would have happened if Jesus didn't believe he was the Christ. Do you think he would have died on the cross of people's sins if he didn't think he was God and had the capacity to do that? He wouldn't have died on the cross of people's sins. He would have said, no, no, I'm not really he, and sort of got out of it. But he truly believed he could save people, so he gave his life. Imagine if Jesus didn't believe that he could heal, like it says here, recovery of sight for the blind, repress free. Maybe he could stage it. Maybe he could get talk to someone. He says, hey, mate. I want you to pretend you're blind, and when the crowd's there, I'm going to lay my hands on you, and you're going to fake it, and you're going to dance, and everyone's going to get excited, right? But the problem with that is Jesus didn't know the people he was praying for, and, but the community did, and everyone said, you've been blind for all these years. How did, you, how did you receive your sight? See, the crowd and the stories add validity to the text because it's not just the gospel writer or Jesus who's saying it. The crowd saw it, and if it wasn't true, the writings wouldn't have went anywhere because everyone would have said, that's nonsense. See, Jesus believed, who he said he, Jesus believed who he was, and because of that, it influenced the decisions, the choices that he's made. And friends, it's the same with us. Our beliefs influences the choices that we make. You know, as a pastor, I have a privilege to sit with uh, lots of different people, and people share their, their stuff with me, and, and as I build a relationship, and it takes time, particularly with our staff and our key leaders, um, I have a deeper relationship with them, and we, and, and we talk about decision-making and, and how they see things and, and where they're going. And, and, and what comes out eventually is how they see themselves. And let me say, in all honesty, most people see themselves as far less than what they are. Most people do that. I know that because people tell me stuff. And the problem with that, when we think that we've got nothing to offer or people, I'm not that important or I'm not or I can't. It holds us back from what God has for us because we don't step out because we think I've got nothing to offer. I'm not that good, so I'm not going to have a go. People, people aren't interested in what I'm saying, so I won't step up. I haven't got all the answers, so I won't share. And this lack, the way we see ourselves, holds us back. But if you're a Christian watching online, if you're a Christian here today in the room, let me say to you, you are incredible in God's sight. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says that you are God's workmanship. Now, workmanship, and now you need to, you need to hit the context. Um, anyone, what's the scripture? Help me out. What is it again? You are, yeah, I know what Ephesians says. You are Christ's workmanship. Here it is, created in Christ Jesus. So because you're in Christ, you're now his workmanship, Right? You can translate workmanship to a few ways. Here's one way. Workmanship. How about this one? Masterpiece. Masterpiece. The work of his hands. And when God makes something, man, it's beautiful. Because you're in Christ, you are his handiwork, 
masterpiece, beautiful words to describe who you are. And that's how we need to see ourselves. Ephesians 2.10 says, You are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to walk in. I wonder, I wonder why Paul gives us our identity before he tells us you have things that he wants you to walk in. Because when we miss our identity, we step back and we don't step into the things that God has for us. But when we believe who we are in Christ, then we say, yes, God, I'm in. I'm going to do the thing you want us to do. You know, if you're a Christian here today, you are loved. And not just loved by the people in this room, but loved by God. The, the credible things who loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And knowing that your love gives you safety. You can feel safe when someone loves you. And because God loves you, you're in a really safe place. And it means that you can step out and you can get it wrong. And he's still going to love you and hold you and keep you safe. And you can return to him when you get it wrong and you stuff it up. It's okay because he loves you. You know, the Bible says that you are, that are, you are so valuable and, and you have worth. That you have worth because of what Christ has done for you through his death and resurrection. That God wants you as a believer who is being transformed by his spirit to speak up. You have a valuable opinion. You have something to offer. You are worthwhile because you're in Christ. You know, the Bible says because you're in Christ, you are now forgiven. You know, so many Christians go around thinking to themselves, I am a dirty, rotten sinner. I am no good, beat myself up, beat myself up, beat myself up. And we get focused on ourselves and our rubbish rather than getting our eyes up to see what God wants us to do and step out and reach others. The reality is you're not a, if you're in Christ, you're not a dirty, rotten sinner. You're a saint, forgiven, washed in the blood. Ephesians 2 says, Ephesians 1 says in verse 4, you are holy and blameless, blameless in his sight. That's how God sees you because you're in Christ. He doesn't see you he said crap. I did say crap. He doesn't see all your crap. He, see, he doesn't see all your junk and your sin and your lies and the, and the pride and the section. Write the list. He sees you as spotless and pure in his sight because you are washed in the blood of Jesus. This is if you're a Christian here today. And if God's forgiven me, you know what? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm loved, I'm forgiven, I'm all right, and I've got something to offer the world. Last one. No, that's enough. You know, we need to be careful with this. Sometimes we can go, I'm not going to listen to any voices. I'm not going to allow any voice to speak into my life. I'm just going to um, listen to what God says, right? Listen to what God says. But the problem with that is sometimes we, get, we, we, we can miss what God says and we can get caught up in pride or, or in error. But what we need is Christian brothers and sisters to come alongside us and tap us on the shoulder. And they need to tap us on the shoulder according to 2 Timothy 3.16. For all scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. So when the voices come, you need to make sure it's aligned with the word of God. Be open to what God says through his word from our brothers and sisters in Christ that we may be transformed into his likeness. What you believe about yourself influences the choices that you make. As we come to the end of this message, how do we change our thinking? I've just told you it's important. I've showed you Jesus believed um, who he was and therefore did these things. So how do we change our beliefs? How do we change our thinking? How do we change how we see ourselves? Here's a few thoughts. Number one is this. 
You need to be aware of what we believe or think. We just go about life and just these thoughts and beliefs happen and we don't even know we're doing it. We need to take a step back and go, what do I believe about myself? What is my thinking? Here's a second thought. Fill your mind with the truth. You can fill your mind with so much stuff, so many voices that aren't God's voice to you. But we need to allow to be filtered, the Word of God to be filtered through. We need to be people in the Word. You know, the the version app, you can press play and it reads the Bible to you. When you're driving in the car, when you're on the train, get the earphones in and allow the Bible to be read to you. Fill your mind with His truth. Sing, get worship songs that declare His truth into you. Get in a life group where you're hanging out with other Christians who are declaring God's truth and declaring what is done and you will build your faith. That's the thing about my life group. I always walk out going, well, it's at my house. Everyone leaves. And I go, man, that was so good. I feel so, I feel so encouraged. I feel so encouraged by that. Get in a life group. Fill your mind with the truth. And then pray God's truth over your life. God, I thank you that I'm your workmanship. I thank you that I'm forgiven. I thank you that I have value. I have worth because I'm in Christ. Number four. Repent of wrong beliefs and thinking. Work out, these are wrong. I need to change. I need to think what God thinks about me. And the last one, ask God to renew your mind. A few weeks ago, I did a message around why won't they believe and we need the move of God in people's hearts. And that's so true. We also need the move of God on our lives, for our, for our lives to be transformed, to be like Christ. I was reading, um, I went to Perth to spend four days with Transform Cambodia this week. I've been asked to look after their music, which is gigantic, but it's a real privilege. Um, and on the, on the plane on the way, way, way over, I've been reading, Catherine, uh, Reinhard Bonnke's Living a Life of Fire. I read 100 pages on the way over, I read 100 pages on the way back, so I'm about halfway through the book now. And Reinhard Bonnke tells his story of life. And he gets a calling from God, and he's just obedient. He just does the thing that God wants him to do, but he's very aware. Without the move of God, he's not going to see the, 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 um, the thing that God has put in his heart. So he prays, and he tells testimony after testimony after testimony of the move of God, providing financially, giving tents, um, um, opening someone's heart, people being baptized in the Holy Spirit, people coming to respond to him. It's just an incredible move of God. And if you want a a renewed mind, ask God to supernaturally change it. And he will. He really does. He changes our thinking. So as we come to the end of this message, as we come to the end of this service, happy birthday, Annabelle Riley turns 18 today, by the way. Happy birthday, Annabelle. I saw you there. Happy birthday. Which one of these things for you? Which one of these things for you? We're going to put some music on. We're going to pray for just 30 seconds, and I want you to pray. Whichever one, maybe you need to sit there and say to God, God, what, is, what am I thinking? What are my beliefs? Maybe you need to choose to get in the Word and fill your mind with the truth. Maybe in this moment you're going to pray God's truth over your life. Maybe you need to repent or just ask Him to come by His Spirit and, and, and renew your mind. Take 30 seconds. Spend some time in prayer. Go for that. That song they just put on is the song, I am a child of God. That song, who the sun sets free, I'm free indeed. I am a child of God, that's who I am. That's a declaration of who I am. Father, I want to pray for every person. In this. Let's stand together, hey? I want to pray for every person in this space, in this room.
We want to pray for everyone watching online. And we pray, God, we pray, God, that you would renew our minds. I pray, Lord, that you would come by your Holy Spirit and wash in this room, everyone watching online, that you meet them as well, that, that, that you would blow in this place, and that you would, remind, that, that you would renew every mind, that we, you would renew every heart. Lord, that we would be deliberate to put your truth in our lives, that we would be aware of what we're thinking, that we would pray your truth over our lives. We'll be deliberate to repent when we have wrong beliefs. But God, we ask that you would change us. You help us to see ourselves as you see us in Christ. Because Christ has died for me. Christ has died for you. He's risen from the dead and he gives you a new life as you respond to him. As you come to him in repentance and faith, he gives you a new identity. You are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are now his masterpiece, his workmanship, his handiwork. And the scripture says you are now more than conquerors because you're in Christ Jesus. As we believe who we are, may we step out and be the people that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, we all said together, amen. amen. Well, thanks for being part of it today. Bless you guys. I'm really privileged to have you as part of LifeGate Church. I mean that. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name is Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to support you, help you get connected and find out how you can take your next steps. So why don't you head to lifegate.org.au slash online and we'd love to find out more about you and how we can serve you as a church. Thanks for checking out this message and we'll catch you soon.